Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier. Donald Trump was scheduled to speak at 8 p.m. in the Century Center Convention Hall, downtown South Bend, Indiana. When I got there at 11 a.m., the big parking lot next to the convention center was empty, except for an area the police had sectioned off with yellow crowd control tape, sort of a circle, about 30 yards in diameter, On the outside of the circle, there were police in black uniforms and yellow vests, about 20 of them. Inside the circle, there were the people who showed up early to stand in line for Trump, also about 20 of them, except they weren't standing in line. Some were sitting in lawn chairs and they had blankets. One guy was standing by himself, staring into the distance. Another guy in a cowboy hat was playing his guitar, but everybody was ignoring him. It was a puzzle. Were these people being held in or were we being held out? I tried to go in under the yellow tape and a cop stopped me. Then this guy who was inside said he'd talk to me. Yeah, if I could. I'm on a roll with today. All right. some information. I can't go in there. Who can go in here? I don't know. They, this, they stopped uh, about an hour ago and put this tape up and said that people had stopped coming in. And I've been, I was the second person here at 7.30 this morning. And I got here because my wife had a, an emergency. And uh, she's on her way now, so I'm not sure. But What happened to your wife? Oh, she had to work this morning, so she dropped me off. I th- well, what's the emergency, though? Oh, she had a work emergency uh, at the office, so uh, we... So she had to take care of that, and we, we both took her taking vacation days to be here and support the rally and stuff. But the cops are kind of being really, I mean, we've been really, you know, the, the, big, the smaller group of us have been here this morning have been nice to them, offered to buy them hot chocolates and stuff. Just been really courteous to them, and all of a sudden they just start talking bad to us when we ask questions. And it's just, All of a sudden? Yeah. What time did they turn? About an hour ago, this one cop just said he was in a hall monitor. If my wife came, she couldn't get in here. Because he's not a hall monitor. And so it's, we're at the convention center, Century Center uh, parking lot, just across from the building. And there's a yellow tape cordoned off area. We don't really know what, what it is. We asked him and they won't tell us. And who's this guy singing? He's going to start singing. He's a gentleman from upstate New York, he said. He said this is his 28th rally. Uh, he travels around the rallies singing uh, for the Trump rallies. Uh, a good, good entertainment, I mean, for sure, you know. I brought a stack of newspapers with me today, and I just, but as the excitement builds up around here, and everybody's talking, it's just hard to read and not be part of the energy, you know, that's going on. Hey, what's your name? I'm Jimmy Lee out of Granger, Indiana. Is Granger close to here? Yes, it's about maybe five miles from here. What? How come you came here today? I'm a, I'm a trumpet. They call me a trumpet, trumpeteer, whatever they want to call me. I... I I'm a Trumpkin or whatever. I, I, hey, I, I'm proud to be. I'm proud to be whatever they want to call me. But I, I, I support Trump. What, what, what happened in your life that made you a Trump person? Can you tell me about your your story or your life? Well, you know, I grew up, you know, with a single mom. My dad was never really around with us. You know, my mom worked three jobs, went to nursing school, became an RN. You know, gave us kids everything we didn't have as we got, you know, we got older. And it's just like nothing really changed for women over the years. Nothing really changed for anybody. And my mom, she's working so hard, and she can barely draw her benefits. But we have so many people here that are here illegally drawing our benefits. 
strong government assistance, and we just need to put some control on, you know, put a, put some control on some stuff, and really shake up the White House a little bit, get things straightened out. So, you know, the way Obama's got everything set up, the Obamacare has messed up everybody's insurance. Uh, we were told we can keep our doctors, we couldn't. You know, my mom's the same way. It's just life's become tough for her, and she's retired now. And it's just, but what personally really drew me out here this morning is the message that Trump gives off, and that's that we're going to change America. We're going How? to. What do you want to change? Tax reform, uh, secu- you know, definitely want some security. You know, ISIS is now saying they're going to come up through the southern border. Now, immigration is not really my stance, but you know, we're we're facing we're facing a different kind of uh, war out here now. You know, with Islam terror, stuff like that. And you know, Trump is, I think, for the working people. You know, he knows what it takes to build up. He's an entrepreneur, and you know, and America is based on opportunity. You know, and I kind of more interested in talking to people about their lives what's happening in their lives that make them choose the candidate i can't get a job making more than eight dollars an hour i i you know it's it's crazy you know and i got small businesses leaving i've been laid off three or four jobs over the past five years because they can't afford to keep me because small business is not working you know i work for small companies construction companies i mean i've looked 140 pound panels packing drywall all day and i get paid you know 850 an hour but and it's jobs or I'm having trouble hanging on to them because small businesses can't keep people like me working. You know, they're pulling out and going working for bigger companies, big corporations uh, that are coming from out of state, you know, to work on a, a project that's local. It's just, we're getting pushed out, you know, and I have a house payment. I, I own a home. I, it, it, it's just, it gets harder and harder. I mean, there's not a lot of jobs anymore. And, you know, you used to be able when I was, I'm 34 now. When I was 18, I could go anywhere and get a job at a factory. Now, there's no factory jobs. You look around South Bend, it's empty buildings here. You know, it's... But why don't you vote for, want to vote for Bernie? Because Trump's actually one of these rich guys. I just... I, socialism. It's, it's Socialism to me is the next thing a communist. You look at Russia, socialism, that's what it leads to. But actually, he's in... Sanders wants to increase the minimum wage to $15 I don't think he should increase the minimum wage. I think you should increase the wage for skill position. Yeah, I'm a skill position. I can, I should be paid based on my skills. You know, it's just you know nothing against Bernie. Um, I mean, I like him as a person. It's just not my choice of candidate. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have nothing against Bernie Sanders. I would vote for him before I vote for Ted Cruz or Hillary Clinton. In, in my order, it, it goes: Donald Trump, um, Bernie Sanders, stay at home. That's the way I stand about it, you know. It's just I'm, I don't know a lot about politicians, you know. It's kind of you know it, it just it's one thing to protect the world, but the one thing to put your finger on it, try to hold somebody down is one thing. But I think that uh, you, you're getting other countries who want to be much higher power that want to just. And my thing about it is if they want to fight, let them fight over there. You know, if North Korea and South Korea want to go at it, let them go at it. You're not going to stop it, you know. That's it's it's a, it's a it's a sad thing to say, but I'm a truthful person, you know. <laughs> Just go tell it like it is. Yeah, I don't think we need to be. We need we need to be worried about the people here. We got kids here, man, that are starving to death. I sat here since 7:30 this morning. I seen three homeless people walk by, and here we are, spend money, sending stuff across seas to protect people who don't even want to fight for themselves. 
while we have homeless people walking around our community hungry, starved to death, it ain't right, man. It ain't right. Who doesn't want to fight for themselves? What are you talking about? Well, like, uh, well, like with the, uh, I guess it's the Middle East area. A lot of those guys. I mean, we train them, we give them weapons. They get shot at. They throw the weapons down that we paid for as taxpayers. Ran like hell and left their guns there for them to take and get more ammo. So now we just doubled up the guns and ammo for the enemy and we're out all this money and nothing got accomplished. But again, this man walked on the street this morning with, with, with the shirt on his back and probably one pair of shoes and nothing else in his pocket, you know? So I gave him a blanket. I, I gave him a blanket. I only had one blanket with me. I had no money with me. I would have gave him some money. I don't care if he would have drank it up. I would have made the man's day, you know? Just make a difference in somebody's life. That's that's all I can do, you know. I, I think Donald Trump as a president could probably make a difference in a lot of people's lives. But I think that's why I'm here today. But again, too, if, like I said, Bernie Sanders was the next one up. He would make he'd be the second. He would be my second option. It would make it make changes in people's lives. Hillary Clinton, Ted Cruz, no way. All right. Oh, hey, thank you very much. Tell me your name again. Jimmy Lee. All right, Jimmy L E E. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks. Save our nation. 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 Hey, that's battery operator right there. I plug it in at night. I got that's uh that comes from um, Guitar Center. What's your name? My name's Craig Moss. I'm from Owego, New York. Owego. Owego. O W E G O. I grew up in Appalachian. So, are you a part of the Trump campaign? No, no. I uh, I've been dormant for a couple of years. Uh, I lost my son to heroin and. January 6, 2014, and uh, came home and found him in his bed, and I just kind of lost a lot of drive, lost all my drive. And a friend of mine that I had met uh, recently was on his way to Iowa and invited me to come out there and get out of the couch, get off, get out of the house, and do something with myself. And uh, so I did. I flew out there. That was uh, in January. I went uh, five rallies out there. I spoke with Mr. Trump at Urbandale, Iowa about the heroin epidemic. He had just come from New Hampshire, so he was um, very much aware of the problems that we have in this country about the, with the heroin. But um, I've been going ever since. When I speak with those folks, the kids in the colleges, and uh, and everywhere, right? uh, I get to talk about my son. His name was Rob J.R. Moss. I get to talk about uh, uh, trying to maybe uh, keep some of these kids from trying that stuff out, because once you try it, you're hooked on it, I guess. And um, What was your son like? My son was a very 
good man. He uh, He's the kind of person that would go across the street and shovel uh, Mrs. Myers' driveway and ask for absolutely no money whatsoever. And uh, at the end of the year, she's sending out over an apple pie for her appreciation. She didn't have a lot of money. Um, he's the kind of person that would uh, ask to take the donuts off the uh, break table at the end of the day. They've been there since the morning, but he wanted to make sure nobody else wanted one. My son was a very polite man. Um, he was a saved individual, but he did not he he did not hold his faith firmly in front of him. He was surrounded by people who uh, the Satan uh, it constantly was drawing him in the directions that, uh, that ultimately took his life. Uh, but um, well, you know, there's no other there's no other uh, 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 you know there's there's warfare's going on, spiritual warfare's going on each and every day, and and uh, tugging on one person. And if you don't hold your faith firmly in front of you. You allow Satan to get into your life and just and, and just take over, and he did not. He his door was open. He uh, he had friends that were uh, that were on the dark side. I didn't. What can I say? I talked to him. He was 24 years old when he passed. Um, but um, it's a tough it's a tough gig. Um, so this is this gets me out. I get to talk with the people. I do have one song uh, that I that I that I wrote about him, and uh, I guess I'll do that now. Let this next song was written for my son, Rob J.R. Moss, who died of a heroin overdose January 6th, 2014. He was all that I lived for. Is everything I dream. By mid-afternoon, a line had formed reaching down the sidewalk between the parking lot and the street. I'd been in the same place, the parking lot and the sidewalk, the day before, Sunday, standing in line with people waiting to see Bernie Sanders. That's why I came to South Bend, to compare the two crowds. If you want to understand Trump people, you need to feel where they're coming from more than try to make sense of what they're saying. Like the apple pie Mrs. Meyer sent over after Rob, the heroin addict, shoveled her driveway. That apple pie used to belong to America, but then the Mexicans stole it. My point is, you need to suspend your disbelief. Just because they made it up doesn't mean it isn't true for them. If you want to understand Trump supporters, you need to stop trying to make sense and start figuring out how we're going to get the apple pie back from the Mexicans. My husband is a vet. We need to put the vets first. We need to keep our jobs here. We need to support our vets, our people that are here. If people want to be here legally, that's fine. We're supporting people that are illegal. We're taking care of foreigners that are illegal. We need to hold people accountable. That's what we need to do. All right. I understand that. Now, but I'm wondering, can you make that personal, you know, like specific personal? I was rear-ended by an illegal alien. When they went to go hunt her down and hold her accountable, she was nowhere founded. So, yeah, I do find that personal. How did she get away? Um, They went to go hunt her down, and nobody could track her by name. Nobody could track her by her driver's license. This was like 20 years ago. How do you know she was an illegal if they couldn't find her? Because they couldn't find her. And then while we're in the parking lot waiting for the cops, the cops are like, 
waiting for them. We had our three small children. She didn't, she goes speaking English, and all of a sudden she goes, no, me no English, me no English. So we're sitting in the car waiting for the cops to show up. Fifteen male illegal Hispanics showed up. My husband is six foot three. He steps out of the car. He said, is there a problem? Then they all step back. So, yeah, it is a problem. We don't know who they are. They're not being held accountable. You want another incident? We were in the hospital. I used to work in the hospital. They drop off this illegal alien who's drunk, non-responsive to anything. They bring him into the hospital. They go to treat him. The guy has five different IDs, five different IDs. He unhooks everything. They don't know who he is. They don't know who to bill. He hooks everything, walks off the unit, walks out of the hospital. Nobody knows who he is. Another incident, we have, we have an American person in Elkhart, Indiana. Her ID is stolen by three illegal aliens. To feed a family of seven. Right there, right there. A Mexican. What's he saying? He cleaned your kids' restrooms. He got spat on. It was disgraceful. Where was he gonna go? They were threatening to kill his life in Mexico. Where was he gonna go? Head church butt. Head church butt. There's nowhere else other than. So it is a problem. 15 years to get residency. That's hard. That's a struggle. Do it legally. It Do hard. it legally. It's 15 years, lady. Do it legally. How are you? How is Do he gonna wait? They kill you in legally. Mexico if you don't if you don't Do leave when legally. they say. If you do it legally, you were fortunate it's okay. enough to be here. You're fortunate enough to raise yes. here. You are privileged. Do it legally. Fucking flag away you from are my privileged. Mouth. I don't give a fuck. I, dude, I give you I five bucks here. and shut up. I can How about be here. That? I can, That's I a job, need your right? Money. I don't need your money. Do then shut legally. the fuck up. Do it legally. You have a job? Yes. Yeah, he's doing it right now. Do it now. legally. Okay, so tell me your name. Brenda Clark. Brenda Clark. And where are you from? Edwardsburg. This woman was standing next to Brenda. What brings you here today? I am here because I am a former spouse of a Navy vet who uh, suffered from PTSD and Gulf War Syndrome, who did not receive help when he was discharged from the military uh, because of his disabilities. He had to fight and fight and fight, and it took him close to 10 years before he ever received a check. Um, he, he started having violent outbursts. He's, um, he, that's what uh, started the diagnosis for him. He's, he became uh, abusive towards me and my son, and uh, which it ultimately led to our divorce because B PTSD is very complicated. Anything can set you off. The, there were times when I would be sleeping and he would attack me in my sleep. Uh, watching him go through that and watching how it destroyed our family especially with the things that I've heard from Trump, have really made me want to support him. Okay, so how do you get from your uh, husband being violent, you're being afraid of your husband to supporting Trump? Because I feel that if they would be more supportive towards the Gulf War <laughs> veterans and uh, allow them to receive more assistance and help, that um, maybe it would, be, uh, it would keep more families together. Uh, I think the biggest thing for him was seeing, um, as while they were on the ship, he used to talk about um, watching the dead animals that floated through because of, of some of the war crimes that were being committed over there. Um, dead animals. Yes, yeah. they were on a ship. They were not on land. Um, they said that in the Gulf, they would uh, the enemy would uh, steal the the supply 
the supply um, ships, which carted animals across back and forth the Gulf, and they would slaughter them, literally dumping them off to drown to death into the into the Persian Gulf. He he has nightmares from that. To this day, he has problems because of, because of seeing that type of, of situation. Sounds like you still care for him some. Uh, he's my he's he was my first. He was my my first husband. I I do care about him, and it hurts me greatly to see what he has to go through and what he he deals with to this day behind what uh, what has occurred with our military and our VA. All right, yes. Thank you very much. Yes. What's your name? My name's Tina Erickson. Tina Erickson. Yes. All these knuckleheads, no burritos, no burritos. And in LA, you can make burritos. And these guys were back in line a ways. One of them wanted me to look at this metal figure eight thing he had in his hand. Take a picture of that. You know what that is? Uh, I know exactly what that is. 1919. What is it? That's this guy. That right there? That's a uh, the little mo- yeah, there you go, the link. 1919 machine gun belt. 1919 machine gun. Got some links from a 50 in the back of my truck. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> I hey, got a bigger I've dog got, than me. I've, I've got I got my link from the first time I shot a Mark 19. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. Tell me what that is. Sorry. That's the young guy. Okay. What is that? That's a link for around. You put them in belts and it lets you fire them all real fast. You don't have to have any magazines or anything like that. So the link. It holds all the rounds, and then it puts them in a big ammo can, and that way you can fire them right out of the ammo can, right so you don't ever have to reload. Uh, 1919. Those are like Gatling guns back then, 1919. So out of it. I am out of it. I don't know anything about it. You know he's liberal. Nah. I ain't worried about How that. How can you tell? What caliber is this? Just by the Most way. Most conservatives <laughs> know, what that is. know what guns are. You're looking at a bunch of military people. And not only are you looking at a bunch of military people, but as of right now, that's where I stand. So this guy right here, Donald Trump, is, I feel, going to make it the best. If you've heard of his, uh, you have read his Second Amendment deal yet? No. Right now, we are not allowed to carry uh, any firearms except for what we are issued uh, on any bases or any recruiting centers. He wants to change that because how are we supposed to be a strong military if we can't even protect ourselves on our own bases? We are, we are trained military personnel. We are, we are trained to use our weapons. Why not let us defend ourselves? And the reason I am here is because I know if somebody else gets elected and I know if other things, other decisions are made, then uh, it's not going to go good. (laughs) There's a lot of things I won't talk about on air. I promise you that. But the reason I am here is based on my military stance right now. By late afternoon, the line stretched down the sidewalk for a quarter mile, and across the street there were a couple hundred protesters yelling stuff and holding signs. The police stood in a line down the middle of the street, keeping the two sides apart. Hawkers were selling t-shirts and buttons, many of which were insulting to Hillary Clinton. I passed by a policeman wearing his riot helmet, his left hand resting on his holstered pepper spray. I asked him, under what conditions are you authorized to use pepper spray? And he said, when we feel we're being physically threatened. And I said, how are you feeling now? And he said, now is okay. But he didn't take his hand off the canister. This guy, Gary Snow from Chicago, was standing behind the protesters across the street, holding two large American flags on a long pole, one flag dyed blue. Right. And you've got a t-shirt that says Donald Trump matters. Mm-hmm. 
and then the, you're carrying a... It's a Blue Lives Matter flag. A Blue Lives Matter Right. Well, I don't I've never it's, seen... It's a pro-police flag. Yeah, so I'm a police supporter. I support the men and women that put their lives on the line day in and day out for us. So, bro, well, I seen what happened when these anti-Trump protesters, these uh, Bernie Sanders supporters, that come out and uh, so-called peacefully hold a protest. But what actually is that they're giving uh, a platform for other people to, you know, with certain agendas, you know, uh, come out here and promote and provoke violence. You know, they want to shut down Donald Trump's First Amendment right, which what they did in Chicago. And if they can't do it, they're going to use violence, you know, like you see in Costa Mesa, you know. In California the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see them jumping on police cars and fuck the police and all that. And like I said, there's a lot of different hidden agendas out here. These police officers, now they got to work extra duty tonight just to corral all these kids, you know, because, uh, you know, I guarantee you there's going to be something that's going to happen tonight. But nothing did happen, out on the street anyway. No fighting or property damage. The police handled the situation pretty well, actually, pulling the line of Trump supporters off the sidewalk and into the parking lot, farther away from the protesters. But inside the conference hall, inside the event, as I described in the previous episode, a guy came out to warm up the crowd by saying illegal aliens are killing our children, and that's why we have to build a big wall. And the crowd responded by cheering and applauding. I'd been worried the people I'd met outside were extreme examples, not really representative of Trump supporters. But after seeing what happened inside, I'm afraid this is what they're like. In order to understand Trump people, you gotta feel where they're coming from, and they come from fear. In the next episode, I'll play some of the interviews with people waiting in line to hear Sanders speak on Sunday. What I still don't know, what I'm trying to figure out, is what does it mean that our country is so divided we seem to have lost our common language, and all we can do is yell profanities while the cops keep their hands on the pepper spray. Visit our website, homebrave.com, to see photos of the people outside the convention center in South Bend. Also, on the website, there are buttons to push to donate or set up a monthly subscription. There are no advertisements on Home of the Brave. This program is supported entirely by listener contributions. It's an amazing thing. It still blows me away how well it works. Thanks a lot for listening and donating. Next time, the Sanders scene. There you go.